Amen. Thank you guys so much for being with us this morning, this cold, cold morning. Uh, We're so thrilled that you guys are with us. Uh, This morning we're wrapping up our series that we've been in all throughout this month called Thankful. Uh, And I I hope that it's been a a good series for you guys. Uh, We want want to make sure that we invite you guys uh, to our next sermon series to to keep coming back. Uh, Starting next Sunday, we're going to be talking about the colors of Christmas. Uh, And if you have no idea what those colors are, then we invite you to come. We'll be talking about those uh, each week uh, leading up to Christmas, kind of as we we get ready for the Christmas season and the holiday there. Uh, So throughout this series, we've been talking about what it means to be thankful. And uh, as you can see, our tree has filled out quite nicely since that first week. Uh, Quite a few more things on the tree. Uh, In that first week in this series, we really wanted to challenge us to think about the things that we're thankful for, uh, the the things that have changed our lives, that have changed the way that we look at the way that our lives have worked. Uh, And so we talked about Zacchaeus and his story and how his life changed when he met Jesus. Uh, In the second week of our series, Chuck challenged us to name the things that we're thankful for in our lives. You might remember he went through each letter of the alphabet and had an idea of something he's thankful for, even for letters like Q and X and Z, those really tough ones. He, he, He found a way to tackle those. And so he challenged us to name the things that we're thankful for. In the third week, Michael Harbour challenged us to go beyond just naming what we're thankful for and to actually move into action. The things that, that are, cause us to live differently and cause us to change the way that we do our lives. Because it's not just about thanksgiving or, or naming the things that we're thankful for, but it's about thanksdoing. And last week, you might remember Chuck sitting on the stage in that chair, challenging us in those difficult moments of life, how do we give thanks? Throughout this whole series, we've been, we've been pushing us to this idea that it's not enough to just be thankful, although that's great. But it actually causes us to change our lives and to do something different as a result. So this morning, I want us to look at a story uh, found in Matthew chapter 18 uh, that really gets to the point of this, that really shows us kind of how this works in our lives and how our lives change and, and the kinds of things that we do. And we're actually going to get an example uh, that maybe you've heard before uh, in, from the scriptures and from Jesus' own uh, storytelling uh, so Matthew chapter 18, at the start of this chapter, Jesus talks about what it means to, to deal with conflict uh, amongst individuals, amongst a body of believers. And, and he tells people that it, whenever you have conflict, you go directly to the person that you have conflict with. It, you don't, you know, form a committee behind the person's back and, like, find ways of, like, justifying yourself. But you go straight to the person. And just on the heels of that, Peter asks a really important question. And I think it's a question that we ask a lot of ourselves whether or not we actually realize we're doing it or not. Uh, so let's, let's read this story here found in Matthew chapter 18, and we'll start in verse 21. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or my sister who sins against me? Should I forgive as many as seven times? Jesus said, not just seven times, but rather as many as 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, they brought to him a servant who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Because the servant didn't have enough to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold along with his wife and children and everything he had, and that the proceeds should be used as payment. But the servant fell down, kneeled before him, and said, Please be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. The master had compassion on that servant, released him, and forgave the loan. When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 coins, and he grabbed him around the throat, and he said, Pay me back what you owe me. Then his fellow servant fell down and begged him, Be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he threw him into prison until he paid back his debt. 
And when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply offended. They, they came and they told their master all that had happened. His master called the first servant and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you also have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? And his master was furious and handed him over to the guard responsible for punishing prisoners until he had paid the whole debt. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if you don't forgive your brother or sister from your heart. If you've grown up in church, chances are you've probably heard this story and you've probably heard a lot of different explanations for, for, for what this story kind of means and what, what the money that, that we're dealing with kind of means and represents. Uh, and, but when, every time I read this story, one of the first questions I have is just how much are we talking about? Does anybody else... Does it, like, a bag of gold? Like, how big is the bag? Like, it, I guess it depends. Or uh, some of your translations might say talent and denarius. And, it, you know, those are terms that we're really familiar with. Uh, and so I set out uh, this week to kind of figure out maybe a modern equivalent that we can kind of actually wrap our minds around rather than a bag of gold or a talent. Uh, and uh, people who work in our office know this about me, and I'm going to uh, share it with you guys. Uh, I'm not good at math. So, uh, you know, these numbers, they might be totally wrong. Uh, if you're really into math, you can come tell me how I messed up at the end. Um, but this is a story about forgiveness, so, you know, it kind of works out. Um, so I set out to try and figure out, okay, what's, what's something that we can grasp? What's something that we can kind of figure out and what we, that we can understand from this story? Uh, so I, I used uh, minimum wage in, in the state of Texas, which is currently $7.25 an hour, uh, and I built up to get to what I think might be uh, something close to what a talent might be like for us. Uh, so $7.25. Let's say that uh, this first servant works eight hours a day uh, every day of the year. He owes a big debt, so he's going to work a lot. Uh, he's not going to take any holidays or weekends. Uh, so at $8 a day, or eight hours a day for seven twenty-five dollars an hour, that comes out to about $58, I think. And if you multiply that by 365 days for one year... Uh, this guy's going to make about $21,170. I think that's the right number. So some of your translations might have a footnote uh, next to the word talent. Uh, and if it does, it might say something like, a talent is worth more than 15 years' wages of a day laborer. So you take the $21,000 and you multiply that by 15 years, uh, and that's $317,550. So that's what one talent might cost if we were making up a kind of a modern-day equivalent. Uh, is that much. This guy owes 10,000 of those. Uh, so 317,550 multiplied by 10,000 is $3,175,500,000, uh, roughly. That might be something that we can kind of grasp. I, you know, I can't really grasp a billion dollars. So, um, But anyways, we know that number. And the king has pity on this servant. The way that the story reads, you know, the, the servant asks for forgiveness. He asks, just give me some more time and I'll pay it back. And the king forgives it. He doesn't just say, okay, you can have more time. But he actually forgives all of it. He says, you don't owe me anything anymore. He takes that $3 billion and makes it zero. No conditions. No payback plans. It's just gone. And then... The way the story reads, this servant immediately goes out and he finds this other guy who owes him a hundred coins and he grabs him by the throat. It's as if he's totally forgotten what happened ten minutes before this. You know, the way the story reads, there's no time that passes. He goes out and he finds this guy and immediately 
grabs him by the throat. And you're wondering, how does this guy not realize what's just been done for him? Well, if you're a little bit confused about what 100 coins might be like in our day, uh, I went ahead and did a little bit more math uh, just because I was struggling this week, I guess. So uh, 7.25 an hour for eight hours a day uh, for 100 days, uh, that's about $5,800. So almost $6,000. So I think all of us would love to leave this room uh, with $6,000 more. You can make your checks payable to Skillman Church of Christ. Uh, in the memo line, you can just put my name and like something like he's a great preacher or something like that. Uh, we would all love to leave this place with six thousand more dollars. This servant, you know, it's not it's not like ten dollars, right? This guy goes and this guy owes him some money, but he's totally forgot what's just happened to him. He's totally moved past uh, what the king has done for him. It, it's as if he demands what he's going to get owed, and then at the end of the story, we come to find out that that's exactly what he ends up getting. This is a story that has such great potential. You know, it starts out with this, with this king who's gracious to this first servant. And, and the, the way that you leave that encounter is you, you leave thinking, this is going to be wonderful. The king was so great to him. What's he going to do in return? And then it takes that dark twist, that dark turn. And it can be really easy for us to kind of judge this guy for being wrong and, and judge this guy for not being able to see how how bad he treated the second servant. But remember what this story is talking about. Remember the question that Peter asked. How much should I forgive my brother or sister? And, you know, it's easy for us to look at this guy who uh, is a world away, you know, in a different time, in a different place with money that we don't understand and terms that we don't really use anymore or know what they mean. And it's really easy for us to judge him for how wrong he was. But the truth is, we do the same thing. And we would never say that. We would never, we would never think that we're doing the same thing as this first servant. But the truth is, every time we're faced with a decision to forgive someone, no matter how great or how small, and we choose not to, we choose to, to keep that bitterness in our heart, we choose to let that anger continue to grow in us, we're just like the first servant. We're just like him. I led us into the, into the discussion of, of asking how much uh, this amount of money is worth. Uh, because that's a question that I ask. It's a question I ask whenever I read this story. And maybe it's a question you ask too. But it's the exact wrong question that Jesus doesn't want us to ask when we read this story. Because it's the same question that Peter asks. Because Peter's asking how much? What's the limit? When, when is too much... When is enough enough, enough enough? When do you stop forgiving other people? And Jesus says you don't count the number of times that you forgive. You see, the, one of the clever things that Jesus does here is he uses a couple of terms, 10,000, which is the highest number that you can get to in that day. They, they didn't have a number higher than 10,000. They couldn't describe what that was. This is the biggest number you can imagine. And a talent is the largest sum of money that you can have. So he uses the biggest number and the largest sum of money to say that this is not an exact number. This is not $3 billion. This is all the money in the world. You can't put a limit on how much this guy owes. You can't put a price on it because he owes everything. And the king decides to forgive him anyways. Peter asks, is seven times enough? 
Do I stop forgiving after seven times? And Jesus says, no. You forgive 77. And I think Jesus is doing something similar here because he's not saying that you have to count up until number 77. He's not saying that when they, when they wrong you the 78th time, that's when you can finally get your revenge, get your payback. He's saying it's an unlimited amount. It doesn't stop. It's like this king who's owed all the money in the world. And he decides to let it all go. And the way the story reads, you know, we, we have this dark twist and this dark turn where the first servant fails to do what he, what he should. You know, we, it's very easy for us to read the story and see he should have forgiven that second servant. But it's not about a number. It's not about counting to seven times. The point that Jesus is trying to make with this story is that if we're counting the number of times we forgive, if you're like that first servant and you say, you owe me something, you've missed the point of the kingdom of heaven. Because in the kingdom of heaven, it's not about delaying forgiveness. It's not about waiting until that eighth time or, or that 78th time. It's not about that. Because the gospel is better. The kingdom of heaven has a better story to tell. It tells us a story of, of a person who lives differently. Uh, of a God who came uh, and forgave. He found a way of breaking down the debt that we owe. An unforgivable amount. This, all the money in the world. You can't put a price tag on it. He found a way to come and forgive that. So if you're a part of, of, of the believing community, uh, which you're here this morning, so I assume that you are, then this is something that Jesus calls us into. You know, the way Matthew tells the story, it's really easy for us to, to make the equivalent that in the story, the king represents God. Uh, it's, it's really easy for us to get there. And, and if we make that decision, if we say that that's true, then we have to put ourselves in the shoes of that first servant. Except that when we put, our shoe, when we put ourselves in those shoes, we're not following a script. We actually have a chance to change the way the story goes. You see, this is part of what Matthew's trying to do by telling us this story, by, by telling us these words of Jesus. Because when he tells the story, it's not as if he's saying, this is the way that it should be. But he's calling us to live differently. And that's what we've wanted to talk about all through this series, that, that our gratitude, our thankfulness to God changes the way that we live. We're not, we no longer live as if we're the first servant who can't forgive the second. But we're invited into this story, and now we have a chance to change the way the story ends, to live a different life, a life that's truly grateful to God and that it shows in our actions with one another. Our world is full of darkness. Our world is full of dark twists and dark turns, of things that happen that we wish wouldn't. Just this morning we received news that one of our loved members passed away. Uh, last couple of weeks we've, we've been thinking about the Mills family as Monica has passed away. Our, our world is filled with darkness, with things that we wish were different, where, where death and illness and disease uh, and pain and, and anger and hurt where we, we, we wish those things weren't a part of our world. And into that, Jesus offers us an invitation to change the script, to change the story, to do things differently, to no longer live as if we're this first servant who has to get what he's owed, but where we actually are invited into doing the things that God 
is doing in this world. You see, God is the king in the story, and God has forgiven a debt. God has forgiven a debt that you can't put a price tag on, that you can't count on on, on one hand, two hands. You can't count it in a bank account. You can't count it at all. God has forgiven that debt, and he invites us now to do the same for one another. The truth is that people who are filled with thanks, people whose lives have been transformed by the gratitude that we have for God, live changed lives, live live forgiving lives. And that's something that's so important for us to grasp. Because in this world, and in the stories that are a part of our lives, that are a part of this world, of this country, all over the place, we hear stories all the time that are filled with anger and fear and bitterness. But we've been filled by God. And so now, if we go out and live grateful lives, things change in our lives, and we are invited to change the ending to the story, to to tell a better story to the world, to reach out our arms and extend the forgiveness of God to the people around us, whether that's the people who have hurt us or the people that we have hurt. Because this story that Jesus tells... It's something that's, that's better than what the world has to offer. It's better than, than us turning around and immediately leaving and finding that person who owes us something. It's better than that. It has to be. Otherwise, it's not good news at all. The king has reduced our debt to nothing this morning. And so I hope that you've heard the invitation to, to, to live a different life, to live a changed life. Because if we do the world will come to see a God who's reduced their debt to nothing as well. May we go out into the world in the knowledge that we have been filled to overflowing, and may we do so forgiving greatly, fighting back the darkness that surrounds our world because we worship a king who has compassion. Being grateful truly does lead to God. Uh, As our praise team comes up on the stage this morning, our prayer team is going to gather around the room, our elders and their wives, Uh, If you're looking for a time of prayer this morning, if you'd like uh, to receive the prayers of godly men and women, we invite you to go to them uh, to to ask for forgiveness, perhaps, or to offer uh, your gratefulness to God. Uh, As as we stand in worship, Chuck and I will be down front. We would love uh, uh, for you to come and talk with us this morning. We'd love to to offer that forgiveness to you, uh, the forgiveness of the king who lowers our debt from an an infinite number all the way down to nothing. Let's worship.